It's This Week in Bourbon, and we're officially rectifying some whiskey. And here's your headlines for October 20th, 2023. The Whiskey House has announced its operation start date. American whiskey exports now could face a 50% tariff soon, and King of Kentucky is returning for this year with the release of its sixth edition. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. And they're off for another Gift 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Hey, everybody. It is another fantastic, I'd say tiring week of this weekend which tiring two weeks at least for me unloading tiring barrels month. <laughs> tiring month I well agree. tiring year this year's been tiring yeah it has been uh, building your own bourbon brand is not as glamorous as they say huh no we should have stayed podcasters <laughs> that would have been much wiser and less expensive <laughs> but we're having fun i feel like i'm earning my stripes you know unloading how many barrels was it 40 40 yeah 40 ish yeah all by hand and we did 11 pallets of like glass glass and i don't know 20 more barrels on that so oh, yeah. our forklift won't be here for another couple of weeks so it's just me and kenny got it it sucked the other day we were waiting on some barrels and i had to go take my son to baseball and he's like damn it the barrels just showed, <laughs> just showed up. up and i was like man i'm sorry oh i felt i'll get the next load of 40 hopefully listen, the forklift's here i wouldn't worry about me guys I, I haven't worked out in a while so i feel like this justifies me not going to the gym but I really feel bad for the delivery guy because he came in. He goes, "You don't have a forklift." <laughs> oh, sorry, man. We just got these little. Uh, yeah, he's used to showing up, just like unload, sign papers, oh, going yeah. his merry way, and then. Oh, I mean, and we were sweating getting these things off, but they were wedged so tightly in this fifty-three foot trailer, we couldn't get them out. Like they were, they were wedged to the point where you just couldn't move it. So I ended up having to cut off the plastic wrap take off one of the barrels, roll it out just so we could move one of them. And sometimes that didn't work. And I have to remove one barrel from every single pallet to be able to just get the pallet off of the truck. Yeah. And those are about 400 some pounds a piece. So it's, uh, it's no, uh, small feat. No, but I will say I felt pretty good because the driver, the delivery driver, the driver, he says, uh, man, how old are you? I said, I'm 40. He goes, Oh, 
man, I'm 51. I can't even do that anymore. So he, <laughs> he was impressed. You know, I was still, yeah. I still got it in me a little. Mighty Mouse. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All 151 pounds of me. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's, we've came a long way. It's pretty awesome. You know, as you said, we're officially rectifying now. And like, we actually hooked up our pump and filter and actually got Empty some, some barrels, empty some barrels into some totes. And it was, I know it's so simple probably for most people <laughs> in the industry, but man, that was gratifying seeing that uh, liquid come out of the pump, not leaking everywhere <laughs> and just going where it's supposed to go. That All was, the time spent researching, trying to find the right materials, the right equipment. It, it feels like it paid off a little bit. Yeah, it did. For now. We'll see. Yeah. We haven't blown up the place yet. Not so. yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, but and this is going to be coming out post um, another visit. So we are having a big group come by. You'll probably see it on social media with Chad and Sarah from It's Bourbon Night and hosting a bunch of people here. So we're actually going to get our bottling line primed up for its pilot run as well. Yeah, we love volunteers and uh, <laughs> put people to work. So, yes, the Proceed United Private Selection. There's, there will be more announcements on that, but stay tuned next week for more of that happening as well. But uh, some upcoming stuff. And by the way, last week, I can't believe I flaked about it. You realize last week was Friday the 13th. And oh, I, I, did. I didn't until uh, Whiskey Morgue put that uh, Beetlejuice pairing with our stuff. But I was like, damn, I didn't realize it. I, I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> I know. we. I definitely felt like I failed a little bit. I was a little tired last week because the opening could have been something at least spooky or halloween But we have one more Friday left in October, so I'll make it count next week. <laughs> For the whatever day it is. <laughs> yeah. I'll see if you have a, a Halloween costume by then. For the 27th. Yes. We'll make it special. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so upcoming stuff for Ryan and I is that if we've said it again, but you're going to hear it, November 16th, we will be at the Rippy Mansion doing a bourbon session there. This has been, it's a, quite an honor because pretty much everybody that's, anybody in the industry has done a session there and a presentation. So if you are interested and want to go and get your tickets, and by the way, Rippy is, of course, of everything wild turkey. And it is in Lawrenceburg. So go and check it out. It's on Facebook and you can get your tickets off of Eventbrite there as well. And then if you are going to be traveling around, going to some whiskey festivals, this weekend is the Mile High Grilled Cheese and Mac Festival in Denver. Finally here. It's finally here. We finally made it. And then also Whiskeys of the World in Atlanta this weekend as well. So a lot of cool things happening there. Yeah, these, I'm probably repeating myself, but these whiskey festivals are an awesome opportunity just try a plethora of brands and all their great offerings and whatnot so it's a highly if you're in those two cities i highly recommend checking out because all the vendors are there they have great whiskey great people and i love going to them because i get to hang with everybody in the industry and meet you know fans and stuff so it's a uh, even though i won't be there at this one or kenny won't either but uh there's still a lot of great whiskey not just from us but from all the brands that uh in the bourbon industry so highly recommend attending a festival. If it's not that one, one in the future. Well, I'll tell you some other ones in the future since you might as well brought it up because I've got the calendar in front of me, so I might as well say for the next few weeks. On October 28th, we will have our team taking care of the Weston Whiskey Festival that's in Weston, Missouri. And then on November 4th, you have the Whiskeys of the World in Chicago as well as the Kansas City Whiskey Expo. Of course, in Kansas City. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Odd, odd enough. And then after that, it's our last one of the entire year. It's the Houston Whiskey Social happening on November 18th. Oh, that's a big one. Yes, it is. It is. So you heard us talk about that one. I attended last year. It was a it was a grand old time. But let's go ahead and dive into it. And our first one with our news headline is that the Whiskey House of Kentucky has announced its state-of-the-art distillery will begin operations on July 1st, 2024. Which, I don't know, maybe they're putting the cart before the horse because if they're just now thinking about operations, everything usually is about three to four months behind. So we'll see if that actually... That's it? <laughs> yeah, we'll see if July July 1 actually happens. So this is located on a 176-acre campus in the T.J. Patterson, Elizabethtown, Hardin County Industrial Park. And Whiskey House will be the most sophisticated, technologically advanced producer of custom bourbon and American whiskey in the United States. It will invest more than $350 million over the next decade, employing approximately 50 employees in 2024 and expanding to more than 100 by 2027. Founded in 2022 by David Mandel, John Hargrove, and Daniel Lind, the team that started and built the Bardstown Bourbon Company, Whiskey House is the first distillery designed from the ground up 
to focus solely on large-scale, flexible contract whiskey production. With no brands of its own, Whiskey House provides unparalleled customer service, competitive pricing, and unprecedented visibility into the manufacturing and barrel aging process for its custom whiskey production customers. Whiskey House's property development plans include 16 41,500 barrel traditional rickhouses and a 50,000 square foot palletized warehouse, a spent grain facility, a bottling facility, a rail system, as well as access to one of the most highest yielding hydrostratigraphic limestone aquifers in the region, which sits 120 feet below the property. And it was also, their still was produced by Vendome and Whiskey House Distilling and Processing Equipment is built around a 48 inch custom still and 14 33,000 gallon closed top fermenters. The company will begin operations with greater than 7 million proof gallons of annual capacity, which is around 112,000 barrels, expanding to more than 14 million proof gallons, which is around 224,000 barrels in 2027. Whiskey House's fully integrated operational and information technology infrastructure captures and analyzes data across the entire manufacturing process. With the addition of its artificial intelligence applications, the company can continually improve quality and efficiency, increase production yields, expand sustainability initiatives, and provide critical real-time information to customers about their liquid. And as a result of all of its efforts and a vision for the distillery, Whiskey House received a Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub grant to accelerate the implementation of AI in all aspects of its manufacturing and distillation process. Wow. Well, we've known... We've known about this for a while, and so I'm glad it's finally... It's, now it's out of the bag. Now it's out of the bag, but uh, yeah, John's a great distiller. David, obviously, is a brilliant visionary and, you know... I, the business acumen. Yeah, he's got the business acumen. So you got a great team behind this. Uh, I think they're, you know, I, I think they've sold quite a bit of production already at that facility. I know a lot of brands, because Bardstown, Green River, and other facilities have, you know, until they get their expansions up and running, I even think those expansions may have been already taken for. So there's definitely a, a niche in the market, and they have the connections and the experience to go with it. So I'm sure it's a home run for you know everyone that's going to be involved with it. Yeah, I agree. Which it 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 is kind of feels a little uh, like I'm, I'm pulling to try to figure out which way I'm going to lean here, knowing that we came off that great episode with Jeremy Dever not too long ago, right. talking about oversaturation. And now we're like, okay, let's go put another 125,000 barrels in the market. But these would be for brands, maybe not investors. That's a little bit different. And that's think that's the problem that some brands are seeing today is you're paying a really high amount for a barrel, but that's what you have to do to get it out to the market. So we'll see if people will continue to do that or if they start, I would say, taking a page out of our playbook, Ryan. Yeah, that's the only smart thing we've ever done is start laying down new make, uh, four or five years ago and because uh, your cost of goods just go way down instead of sourcing on the market because, yeah, you're looking at, well, I guess I won't say prices, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a significant uh, increase in cost if you're buying aged whiskey. So if you can start building a plan to have your own and two with contract distillation, you're not, you know, it sounds like they're going to have a similar model to Bardstown where you can have custom mash bills and uh, your own specific recipes where you're not just like at the mercy of whatever the contract facility is producing. So you really get to uh, dial in your specific brand, what mash bill you want to represent your brand, you know, so, and that's, that's what's cool about contract distillation and really can set you apart from, you know, other brands that are sourcing from the same exact distillery, the same exact mash bill and whatnot. And so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we talked about this last week and then we had the episode where you aired, you know, why people get hung up on contract distillation and sourcing and whatnot. It's like, you know, and I was thinking about another analogy is like, there's, there's chefs out there that, you know, are the world's finest chef and nobody says, well, you didn't grow your own food and <laughs> you didn't, you didn't raise those chickens. <laughs> you didn't raise those chickens. You didn't harvest that whatever. So, uh, yeah. And it, it's, I, I'm kind of feeling more less, or I'm feeling less like there's a, I think we're in a, kind of temporary lull right now because of 2021 there was so much product pushed out on the market and shelves are stocked um so there's a, quite a bit of options but i, I do think that there's going to be an expansion overseas and you're starting to see it with some brands and i think the opportunity is going to be over you know not just domestically but also also overseas and and i think that's what these folks with in, in investment money see so 
I don't know. We'll see. Let's talk about some global market because that was actually the, the next headline. Okay. And this is, of course, thank you to Mark Brown and his newsletter. And it's the top 10 most consumed alcoholic drinks in the world. Oddly enough, I thought this was crazy. Well, Baju's like number one in or something. Well, I, well it's not. Baju's number four. Number oh. 10, though, finishing last place on the list. Tequila. It only has a global market size of $14.7 billion. I know only, but just wait. The next is gin, and then you got rum, then you have cider, and then vodka kind of takes the next big leap at number six. And that global market size is $25.98 billion. And that continues to be the most consumed spirit in the U.S. and has been since 1970, with around 78.1 million cases sold in America in 2021 and by 2022. 28.1 million 9-liter cases were sold globally. Number five is, of course, our category, and that's whiskey. But that's the whole whiskey category. And this, again, that takes another big leap. So vodka was around $26 billion. This is a global market value of $64 billion. So as millennials are increasing, beginning to experiment with different drinks and assisting the rise of cocktail culture, the use of whiskey as a premium ingredient has increased in bars. 2022 was hinted as a great year for Scotch whiskey and exports of Scotland's native spirit that hit $7.5 billion last year, the highest figures ever. Whiskey exports by volume also rose with the number of 700 milliliter bottles shipped overseas up by 21% to $1.67 billion. Number four is Baiju. That takes another big leap, about $30 billion uh, to $95 billion. Number three is Liqueurs. Uh, small bump there at about $128 billion. You know, give or take a few billion between <laughs> friends. But number two... Probably shouldn't be a much of a surprise. Wine is pretty massive. Now, this takes a massive leap. So, liqueurs was 129 billion. This goes to 441 billion. Wow. And the number one, maybe the probably the most consumed alcohol in the world, we all drink it beer. So, oh, okay. This takes I a, guess I didn't think alcohol. I was thinking spirits. Spirits, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but this has a, this takes another gigantic leap to 793 billion dollars in market size and that's globally right yeah not in but fact, in spirits outselling beer in america right now maybe but this is global yeah yeah uh, but there is a good little fact in here that says after water and tea beer is actually the most popular drink in the world wow well we like caffeine and we like uppers and downers <laughs> us humans yeah, there we go <laughs> make me feel weird yeah so that's interesting i i yeah because in the u.s tequila surpassed vodka I think as the number one, it's like tequila, vodka, or is it tequila, bourbon, vodka, or I, I, I think it, it's tequila, whiskey, or vodka. tequila, whiskey, vodka, not bourbon, but yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, well, there you go. We're not the only ones, so you got to think of everybody, everybody else in the world here. America, that's it. Yeah. All right. So this might bring back some memories of. I don't know, maybe watching Fast and Furious or anything like that. But an investigation is underway in Florida after burglars used tractor trailers to steal more than $1.6 million worth of alcohol from Republic National Distributing Company back on July 8th. So, and this is happening in Hillsborough, sorry, Hillsborough County, south of Tampa. So between 4.10 a.m. and 9.45 a.m., the thieves moved around 4,277 cases of liquor, according to the search warrant, which was issued for an Apple iPhone 14 Pro Max. Authorities believe that there is probable cause that the phone contains specific information and technical data and evidence showing that a burglary and grand theft took place. The thieves referred to in the documents as unknown suspects also removed digital video recorders used by the alcohol distributor for video surveillance purposes. Using video surveillance from nearby businesses and convenience stores, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office deputies were able to identify the tractor trailers used in the burglary, and deputies later found additional surveillance video from a tractor trailer storage facility that showed the three tractor trailers used to remove the cases of alcohol. I wonder what it was. <laughs> like, and how do a you, bunch of fireball. How do you sell that crap? <laughs> like, just I, I'm, like I know they got high schoolers. Maybe? I know they got caught, but it's like, what's the market for that? Like I said, I don't you know. Say five dollars on a case. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you get it for free, then I guess everything yeah. is just uh, profit on top of it. Well, I guess it's not free now, so yeah, <laughs> somebody's paying for it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I always, anytime people like rob or do bad stuff i'm like it takes just as much effort if not more and plus more anxiety to do the bad thing why not put that into something positive and productive but that's just the way i think 
I, you're just one of the good people, Ryan. I, That's what I comes know down about to. That. You're, you're one of the great ones, my friend. I, 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 no. <laughs> you can't take a compliment. No, no, I can't. I'm blushing. All right. So this is uh, this is an interesting one. I believe I we talked to these people last year, Kentucky Bourbon Festival. They are officially launching, and it's Baxis. And it's oh, yeah. a whiskey and wine marketplace. So backed by industry insiders or whiskey industry insiders, Baxis is redefining how people engage with rare vintage wine and spirits. Baxis harnesses the power of blockchain technology to give users proof of ownership, authentication, and safe storage solution, ensuring complete peace of mind for every transaction. To date, Baxis has traded over $20 million in whiskey, fueling investor interest in the category. Baxis is founded by Todd Weasel, Seasoned American whiskey, or sorry, seasoned whiskey investor and trader who launched his own whiskey fund while studying computer science and database building at Columbia University. Todd launched Baxis to create the pioneer secondary marketplace that connects thousands of wine and spirits enthusiasts worldwide, opening access and opportunity to rare vintage liquids. Today, Baxis holds a few of the rarest bottles in the world, including dozens of pre-prohibition bourbons, Yamazaki 55, and complete sets of Linnell's Red Hook Rye. Today, Baxis holds the most advanced pricing data on its platform where users gain free access to hundreds of data points before buying or selling. The pricing data is tailored to portfolio holders' collection, eliminating the time that would need to spend sifting through a large search index. In the coming year, Baxis plans to grow its technology team with a particular focus on machine learning and computer vision to further accelerate the company's pricing data collection and data sales operations. All right. Well, something for the uber-rich. Yeah. I mean, you got to have some baller ass bottles to sit yeah. there and do this. Yeah, let me check my Baxis today. Let's see what's <laughs> going on. And, and it's all on the blockchain. I just blockchain. got a distribution check. I'm going to check Baxis. Yes. I mean, it is a cool idea. I remember meeting cool them last year and I was like blown away by their inventory, but also the model. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It, 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 but this has also seen a very high and kind of starting to tail off a little bit. Everybody was talking about NFTs and blockchain and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, and now it's kind of like, yeah. Well, everybody had free time then. So they're like, <laughs> yeah. they're like oh, they're really diving let's, into let's try to fill our, now we got too much shit to do post-COVID. So Yeah, nobody's trading crypto as much anymore as we thought we were going to. Yeah. So let's keep going here. The first couple of whiskey tube, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel, It's Bourbon Night. Hey, they're making it for a second time on the show. That's right. How about it? They're happy to announce that they're hosting the first ever Big Bourbon Night. And, and accompanying it is the E.H. Taylor Proof Barrel, sorry, E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof Tasting Event. So both events take place in November and are designed to benefit two amazing charities. The Big Bourbon Night takes place from 6 to 10 p.m. on Friday, November 10th at the Heartwood uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. Guests will enjoy a fully catered dinner, an outdoor cigar lounge, live music, cocktails, beer, wine, plenty of good company, and of course, over 125 bourbons and whiskeys. The event also aims to bring the community together to raise money for the Marine Corps Reserve's Toys for Tots as a silent auction will be available for bidding throughout the evening. Tickets for the event are $150 and limited to only a small select group of 125 people. So I guess if you're interested, you want to do it. However, if you're a veteran, or an active duty military member, you can use coupon code BIGNIGHT10 for 10% off tickets. And as a special kickoff to the Big Bourbon Night, Chad and Sarah are hosting a small exclusive gathering the day before the event. And this is happening on Thursday, November 9th from 530 to 9. And it's limited to just 40 guests. And that's the E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof Tasting Event. And that will also take place at the same exact place in Lexington, Kentucky. And this will take guests through six consecutive years of E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof releases, beginning with Batch 1, starting from 2012 and working all the way through 2017. Each tasting is a half ounce and dinner included, along with a welcome cocktail and a special end of the night pour. Tickets are again $150, but only eight remain as of this recording. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. 100% of the proceeds from this event go to the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. Tickets to both events can be purchased at whiskeyambitions.com under the events tab. Very cool. That's exciting for Chad and Sarah. Yes. They're big bourbon night. Yes. Yeah. Getting into the events game. Yeah. I love it, though. Yeah. Good. We'll see if they do any more after this. No, <laughs> Palooza does take a toll on us. That's yeah, for sure. That's why we only do one a year. <laughs> but this is really cool. I mean, I love being able to see. And this is, uh, it's, you know, it's one night. It's uh, it's an event, which is really great. So it's. it's and they're so good together. Like, oh, yeah. not only as a couple, but as they just have a good dynamic on the show. I, I love, I, they're. 
there's a lot of YouTubers out there, and there's only probably a handful I like, and they're definitely up top of the they're the top of the game. I think so too. But you say they're they're you know they're always in sync. I think they should put up a hidden camera somewhere so we can see the the, the real life, <laughs> like real marriage. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> hun, <laughs> Chad, what are you doing? Why is the grass not mowed? <laughs> sampling <laughs> setting up this big bourbon night all right and here's our last news article. no we got we got two more oh we got two more okay okay i'll do this one you do the next oh, one no. i gotta i gotta read it oh you want me to read it okay hand it over to me i just don't want to butcher it you do you do so good reading all right here stuff. I'll just keep ahead. pressing it so it doesn't lock on you all right so here we go so nashville barrel company is expanding its natural roots by opening oh yeah i remember seeing this, this is very awesome i've seen all the pictures that's it's, it's Quite awesome. Yeah, it's pretty nice. So I'll even start over. So Nashville Barrel Company, they're expanding its natural roots by opening a downtown tasting room steps away from Broadway. NBC has had a geographic expansion this year into their 24th state and second point of international distribution. So NBC is, sorry, I say NBC, National Barrel Company. I keep thinking like NBC. Yeah, but like no. Today Show or something. Yeah, but National Barrel Company has had geographic expansion and so on and so forth. But uh, Natural Brewing Company has also added wine to their portfolio from their own blends brought in from California, cellared and bottled in Nashville. They're also offering a full-service tasting room, private event space, tastings, tours, and retail space. And this is at 425 Church Street, and it's neighboring the historic Printer's Alley in downtown Nashville. That's you know, exciting news for... I used to party on Printer's Alley every once in a while. Oh, gosh, yeah. I remember those days. Yeah, like old like karaoke clubs that were like in the basement down there. Yeah, stumbling around. Yeah. Yeah. It's been I a think while. I've done a bachelor party or two down there. <laughs> yeah. But you get you want to get off of Broadway, and you're like, I'm going to do Broadway. We're going to Printer's Alley because... You're tired think, of country music. You think like that's where the locals go. They don't go there either, but... <laughs> no. Not, none of those locations. <laughs> right. But yeah, this is exciting for, for our friends Mike and Casey there. They do... They're location that i can't remember then where it's at but it's they, they've done a great job with that place it's an awesome they've really like oh their first location yeah that was on the hill like overlooking yeah, the yeah, city. Yeah. yeah it was very nice yeah it's an awesome experience if you don't hit up the new one you can go to that one too um it's I'm a great just doing both in one day and do both one hit one before lunch one after lunch <laughs> um, but yeah it's a an awesome experience that you just get immersed you get to do you know pick barrels try different things it's that they they do a good job at barrel selection and, you know, just sourcing from great locations. And they everything I've had from them has been really good. So, yes, definitely check it out. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Here's our last news article. It's been five years since American whiskey was slapped with a 25% retaliatory tariff from the EU, making it collateral damage in the unrelated Trump-era trade disputes. However, this caused a sudden and dramatic decline in U.S. whiskey exports to Europe which had been powering the industry's remarkable growth over the preceding years. And this is not just Tennessee and Kentucky, but in 28 states across the country. Distillers breathed a sigh of relief around two years ago when the Biden administration negotiated a temporary suspension of the tariffs. But that suspension is now set to lapse if negotiators don't reach another agreement by the end of October. Worse, if a deal is not reached, the tariffs won't just come back at 25%. They'll double to 50%. American whiskey exports to the EU were up 118% in the first half of 2023 compared to the same period in 2022. These numbers would have been far higher if the uncertainty of the tariffs wasn't holding so many other distillers back. U.S. distillers are urging the Biden administration to secure the permanent removal of these tariffs. Here, yep. here. Well, get rid of them. I guess what I said earlier about expansion <laughs> just might go out the window, but... Uh, but that sucks because, like, this is so out of your control. Oh, I know. It's, it is. And and it's one of those things too. You got to re revisit probably every four years, you know, with the new administration and whatnot. So it's like, can't you just permanently make these? Why you attack? Why you gotta, why you attack whiskey? Yeah. Why is it? Why it gonna be that? There's do like toilet paper or something. I yeah. don't know. I mean, Charmin has to be exporting. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> do something that doesn't involve us. <laughs> Charmin should be exporting. I've, I've tried to Europe a few times in my oh, life. Oh, yeah, it's very thin. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if Very uh, thin and rough. If you're an executive at Charmin, don't say we didn't tell you this. That's why thing. they have the bidets everywhere. That's true. That's true, which I'm maybe a fan every once in a while. Yeah, I end up getting one after going there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the tushy or whatever. We should probably just go ahead and install one of these here at our distillery. How about that? Yeah, the master blender needs to <laughs> operate. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get your day started with a That's nice right. little day squirting. That's right. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with some bourbon release news.
If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. All right, everybody, it's bourbon release news time, and we got a few of them for you, so I'm looking forward to diving into this. And the first one is coming from somebody that we've interviewed recently. His episode hasn't come out, and that's Sean of Pinhook Bourbon. But they're releasing their third vintage in its limited edition Artist Series collection. It's called Artist Series Number 3 Double Blended Bourbon. And for this year's vintage, Pinhook borrowed a technique used in making cognac. So during that process, brandy is taken from barrels, blended, and then returned to the barrels for further aging. Pinhook has then rebarreled one micro blend at cash strength and a second at 110 proof to see how wood and whiskey might interact at varying proofs. Pinhook's Bourbon's Artist Series dedicates each vintage's label to feature original artwork commissioned by renowned artists and inspired by the whiskey itself. This year's vintage features artwork by New Orleans-based artist Alexa Pulitzer. To capture the story behind this bottle, Alexa created an illustration of Pinhook's master blender, Sean Josephs, deeply engrossed in the blending process. Distilled at Castle and Key and bottled by Kentucky Artists and Distillery, Pinhook Artist Series Number 3 Double Blended Bourbon will be available on Breeze, which is Pinhook's text-to-buy service, and at select retailers nationwide for a suggested retail price of $82. Yeah, that was a fascinating episode. Um, I didn't, I mean, I knew, obviously, Pinhook, um, but I didn't know the story behind it. And Sean, I mean, it's a fascinating story. I can't wait for folks to who who don't know it to learn it because it's a, Going from you know restaurant tour to to uh, doing his own brand and the blending and and whatnot, and really taking pieces from the wine world and cognac and whatnot. So, and I actually tried more products after that episode, and they're pretty damn good. So I can't believe it took us this long to get it on the show. I, it it, I, it it wasn't intentional. It was just <laughs> y- you have to reach out to us and like because otherwise we just we're, we got so many requests we don't. That or we just talk about secondary markets because that's all people care about. That's right. And Blantons. People love Blantons. Yeah. Secondary and BTAC or something. Yeah. Well, actually, there is no Blantons news this week, but Law's Whiskey House recently unveiled their newest special finished series release called Honey Cask Finished Bourbon. And it's a collaboration with B Squared Aperies. I think it's Aperies. Aperies? A-P-A-I? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. It's Probably just a bee farmer. Anyway, things begin with the Law's Whiskey House's four-grain straight bourbon, which is crafted in small batches and aged in new charred oak barrels. After the whiskey is harvested, B-squared, I'm just saying B-squared, in Berthoud, Colorado, fills Law's barrels with their honey, which interacts with the remaining bourbon and char while also coating the inside of the barrel. After harvesting the honey, the honey's infused barrels return back to Law's, and for the second round of aging, Law's refills these with the same honey-coated barrels with its four-grain straight bourbon, Allowing the whiskey to integrate with the essence of the honey. Or blend would be the probably better word, not integrate, but maybe integrate. Integrate's a good word. We should start using integrate. Yeah. Chat GBT nailed it. Yes. So this limited release consists of a marriage of four barrels. These barrels age for two years, eight months in new charred oak, and an average of one year and six months in used honey casks, making the total age of this release four years and two months. Only 1,080 bottles of this release were harvested at 95 proof, 
with a suggested retail price of $80. Well, I was curious, like, all right, you do the honey, uh, honey's a big popular category and, uh, or the honey finishing thing. And I'm always curious how much honey left over is acceptable in the, in the barrel. Yeah. For it to be not just finished in a honey barrel, but it to be a flavored whiskey <laughs> at that point. Well, I mean, I, here's the thing we know this is and i'm not well, just i'm just curious i'm I'm gonna throw that question out to listeners respond okay. back to this. well i'm gonna answer it at the best of my capability then it wasn't towards you no i'm kidding answer it <laughs> but there is there's nothing that legally bounds anybody from saying what's there and what's not right this is like scout of honor like you know every you just got a honor system is kind of what it is I would imagine that somebody that is trying to get the most use out of their honey being in a barrel, because they're, they're going to take it, they're going to sell that honey. Right. So he's probably sitting there opening the bung, pouring it over, and he's probably letting that sit there and drip for a few hours. Yeah. So I would imagine that- It's pretty empty. It's pretty empty. It's just going to be coating on the sides, like whatever you can get out of that thick viscosity coming down. But beyond that, bung it back, send it on back, and it's in there. Now, this is why it's called a distilled spirit specialty. It's not called a bourbon. It's not a rye. It's not a straight anything. It is a distilled spirit specialty. So this is the this is the legit way of doing it. Right. Yeah. So I will say I'll give them that. No, you know, totally. And this is the legit way of doing it. However, there is nothing to say that me and you or uh, 50,000 other different distillers just couldn't go to their locals farmer's market. And if we find a, a honey we like and we just call them up and be like, hey. Can we just go ahead and use your branding with it? And we literally just pour honey into the whiskey and shake it up. Like, there's nothing that says we couldn't do that either. I may or may not have made a video. <laughs> Is it have the bear on it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How? By the way, how did the bear ever become like the international symbol for a honey? Well, because bears, they like- They love honey? Yeah. You know, like poo bear, honey bear. You know, well, I know that, but I've never seen a video. I guess they're immune to bees or something. They just- Are they really? there. I don't, I don't know that they are. They just- but you, and they're like, isn't that what bears like? They go and get well, like, I mean, hives and that's what we've accustomed to know. I, I haven't done a lot of research on it recently. I think and it's I from Pooh Bear, probably. Yeah, but I haven't seen a video in my recent memory of bears just like going out and just like treasure troving for beehives. Yeah, that's true. They're mostly getting salmon and humans. That's the one we see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just chomping out of the water and stuff like that, and cocaine bear. <laughs> yeah, that one too. Is there? I've never seen that. You never saw Cocaine Bear? No. Oh my God, dude, it was a, it's a cult classic and it's originally like, like Cocaine Bear has history in Kentucky. So it was a huge thing. Like even like. There's a Cocaine Bear in Kentucky? You didn't know this? No. Oh, dude, after this. I oh. use my free time much better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so there's, it, it's a, it's a true story. And by the way, y'all can fact check me on this. It's a true story of a bear that found, I mean, it was like a brick of cocaine that came out of like an airplane or something like that one time. And it ate the entire brick of cocaine and just went and just like terrorized. <laughs> now, it didn't kill people. It didn't do anything crazy. But the movie dramatically. It's like Dave Chappelle. Yeah, on, pretty much. On Red Balls. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, it's, it's a true thing where it, it, it took a, a brick of cocaine and took the whole, whole thing down. Uh, and then it, I can't remember if it died or not, but. It, hard tech. <laughs> but the movie embellishes a lot. Like literally the bear gets addicted to cocaine and kills people. Okay. Wow. I don't want to watch that. But, but they, sorry, sorry, Laws Whiskey, that we <laughs> the conversation. It was even your, going your product through, sounds fantastic. <laughs> but it was going through Daniel Boone National Forest. Okay. So that's close to home. Exactly. Uh it was mostly there and I think maybe like North Carolina region, if I maybe Virginia, somewhere over there. But uh yeah, there was a little bit of stuff that happened in Kentucky, so therefore it's now like Kentucky's cocaine bear. All right. I'm about to watch this cocaine bear documentary. I, I was Hey saw, kids, come on. <laughs> I saw it in the theaters. Uh, no way. I did. You're a loser. Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, my wife wanted to go see it, and I, I was like- She wanted eh. to see it? Yeah, she wanted to see it. I mean, it's exactly what you think. It's just ridiculous, but it's just kind of, it's ridiculous. That's the best thing I can say. Okay. Well, you got to take a gummy before you go. If you want to even be remotely scared or take it seriously, probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Other than that, you'll be going, this is-, this is. <laughs> It's exactly what I should have thought it was. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, a- much worse version of Jaws. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass. 
All right. Well, let's keep going here. So Barrel is releasing its new thing, and it's called Barrel Foundation Bourbon. And this is their first non-cask strength bourbon happening in select U.S. markets. So the new ongoing release is a blend of Kentucky at eight-year, Indiana at five, six, and nine-year, a Tennessee eight-year, and Maryland five- and six-year bourbon whiskeys bottled at 100 proof. Featuring a derived mash bill of 73% corn, 23% rye, and 4% malted barley, having recently opened its new 31,000-square-foot blending facility in Jefferson Town, Kentucky, Barrel Craft Spirits can now support the growth of its current brands as well as new product launches. Featuring eight blending tanks with 64,000 gallons of capacity, this new facility enables them to blend larger stocks of its bourbon into a profile that tastes great, neat, and works well in cocktails. Barrel Foundation is now available for purchase online via their website and in select markets uh, beginning later this month with a suggested retail price of $60 per bottle. I'm kind of excited for this because, well, I do love cash strength. That's what we it's, always knew them for. I, it was like barrel. What do they do? They barrel. blend barrel. They blend whiskey at cash strength. Like yeah. that's what we know them for. And now they're like, oh, I know. But as I get older, I do appreciate balance and like drinkability. Yeah, I agree. It's like I so, agree. I'm I'm excited for this one. Yes. I, I I think, and too, you know, it's with kind of the economic times and this that sixty dollars is much more, you know, easier pill to swallow than you know because some of their expressions are. Most of the time, eighty to hundred plus. So, probably filling that filling that niche or filling that void, I guess, in their portfolio. Of, you know, able to hit a wider consumer base. I would think. I agree. I agree. Booker's Bourbon, which we've known, I don't know why, all of a sudden it's blown up, but they are now releasing their third batch of the twenty twenty three collection, and this is called Booker's Batch twenty twenty three three, the Mighty Fine Batch. And this batch is named in honor of the signature phrase of sixth generation master distiller Booker No, who would use to compliment anything he approved of from his namesake bourbon to his country ham. Mighty fine was Booker's go-to phrase, and he would often get together and others in the whiskey industry to taste samples of Booker's bourbon. And everyone knew he was happy with the selection when he sipped it. And he said, mighty fine, followed by, that's a damn good batch. Shortly before Booker passed away in 2004, his son, seventh generation B master distiller Fred No, was in charge of selecting the barrels for Booker's bourbon batch. Fred was a little nervous at first. He had big shoes to fill, but after Booker tasted the sample, he looked at Fred and said, mighty fine, mighty, sorry, mighty fine job, son. A lot of people thought it was one of the best batches, but receiving Booker's vote of confidence made it much more special for Fred, a moment that he will never forget. It's 126.6 proof, seven years and one month and 10 days old, and has an SRP of $90. Well, I would... These Booker batches, they're they're hot right now. People love them. Can't and, get enough. Yeah. I mean, it's always good. And by the way, we're drinking this Basil Hayden Malted Dry. It's actually, I mean. It's doable. It's, I mean, it's 80 proof, so it's obviously light yeah. and yeah. very crushable. But it, I think with the rye, it gives it some flavor. Um, I know, but it had Booker's on the label, so <laughs> it had the Booker reason. No on there. That's why. I was, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. But anyways, uh Booker's is always a classic. It's good stuff. So I'm sure it's going to be just as good as the other ones. I agree. Yeah. So New Riff, they are announcing the dual release of two eight-year-old whiskeys. And this is the oldest release by the distillery to this date. These older expressions of both their award-winning 100% malted rye and an inspired weeded bourbon join the distillery's high-note limited edition lineup this fall. It will be available later this month predominantly through New Riff's, New Riff's Whiskey Club and across the bar at the newly renovated Aquifer Tasting Bar, opening soon. Bottled straight from the barrel at 117.9 proof without chill filtration, the Bohemian Wheat Bourbon concept was constructed from the distiller's team's inspiration found in some of their favorite classic wheat beers, resulting in the creation of a Bavarian Dunkelweizen-style bourbon mash bill comprised of three different wheats, from which is an unusual two-grain bourbon and a new riff on a beloved Kentucky bourbon tradition was born. Made with 65% non-GMO corn, 18% bohemian floor malted wheat, 10% unmalted wheat, and 7% dark wheat, the bohemian wheat bourbon is a product of several barrels that were held back for further aging from the distillery's initial release of this recipe under the maltster label. A rare example of two-grain whiskeys comprised of only corn and wheat, and this year's high wheat recipe follows the standard Kentucky sour mash regimen, while also incorporating an additional unique step to the standard process of boiling the unmalted small grains with the corn. 
bottled straight from the barrel without chill filtration, all right, without chill filtration and made with 100% malted rye. The malted rye eight-year-old is a rare standout. It's also a result of several barrels being held back for further aging from the distillery's very first year of malted rye production. The new Riff High Note series was created to provide a home for limited production runs, one-off creations, unique barrels, and other surprises. Both whiskeys are aged eight years, bottled at cash strength, and has a suggested retail price of $70. Oh, that's a pretty approachable price for cash drink. I would have done eight year old whiskey. I would have done eighty. Yeah. Ten dollars a year. Ten dollars a year. We're going back to that. I I think that would probably have been people would have paid it. I think it's gonna fly off the shelves. I mean, people A, they love weeded bourbon. Yep. Or they think they love weeded bourbon. But B, you're like, wait, you're telling me I've got two different kinds of wheats in here? Get out of town. And it's a two grain, not a four grain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love how they're going backwards. Four grain was the the buzzword of the last over i don't know couple of years and going back to the two grain yeah i like it that's true i really we but i really do talk love about two grain bourbons very those often. malted rye are fantastic i was at st louis bourbon fest and patrick spaulding gave me some i think it was the malted rye gave me and i was like gosh that's that your, so that your boy at new riff yeah that's my boy he's my boy takes care of you yeah my boy blue there you go yeah i'm excited for this so i, I kind of have a I kind of figure out like because i'm a part of the new riff whiskey club do i do I buy the bottles? Yeah, what's that called? The, the what's their called? Oh, night! Why are you gonna put me on the spot like that? <laughs> yeah, the Rangers, the Rangers. Yeah, that's New Rift Rangers. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Shows how evolved you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, I got burned one time with the peated release, and I was oh, like, nope, yeah. I'm done. I'm not yeah. gonna do this again." Yeah, that peat was. Ooh, it was harsh. That's everything else y'all have done is great, but that peat. Uh, by the way, you know, shout out to New Riff because when, um, uh, what's his name was just on here? Why am I blanking on the name? Uh, oh. Uh, uh, Jay Arisman. Jay, yes, Jay. When Jay was just here, he was he was like, listen, guys, I know you don't like Pete. You need to quit talking about it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's the last time we'll bring it up. Yeah, ever but again. this one, I'm, I'm interested. In I'm very excited about these. Yes. All right, so our last two is all going to be about Brown Foreman. So Woodford Reserve has announced the fall 2023 Master Collections release, sorry, Master's Collection release, and this is the Sonoma Triple Finish. So this 2023 Master's Collection was made with a unique blend of Woodford Reserve that has been finished in Sonoma County, Pinot Noir, Brandy, and former bourbon barrels used to age red wine. In 2014, Woodford Reserve released the first Pinot Noir finish, finished in Kentucky bourbon in history. And it was a Sonoma Contraire Pinot finish. Pinot finish. Sorry about that. This was also followed in 2016 with the first ever American brandy cask finish bourbon. The Pinot Noir and brandy finish barrels used for these releases were obtained from the famous Sonoma County wineries. The product is available for $150 at the Woodford Reserve Distillery and in limited quantities starting uh, well earlier this week on October 17th. I don't know if I've ever had their Pinot finished one. Mm. I remember the Chardonnay one that was Sonoma Catrere, but because maybe Brown Foreman owns them. They but, do. Uh, they do. Yeah. Is, they, they were like, they're ahead of their time is what it yeah. was. Because I, I kind of remember those days of the Sonoma Catrere Pinot finish $150 and going, why Why would I want my whiskey to taste like wine? And now. It, everybody. Probably, yeah. Now everybody's like, everybody I don't want wants it. their whiskey to taste not like whiskey. Exactly. <laughs> so they, they were ahead of their time. Uh, give them. Props to that. Yeah. Chris Morris, shout out. For sure. Well, here's another one for Chris Morris. Another big shout out. King of Kentucky. It's returning this year with the release of its sixth edition. The 2023 expression is a 16-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon featuring a premium embossed label with a stamp border and details. Approximately 3,800 bottles will be produced with a suggested retail price of $300. While the majority of this year's volume will remain in Kentucky, the expression will also be available in limited quantities in Alabama, California, Florida, Illinois, Nevada, North Carolina, Metro New York, Ohio, and Tennessee. King of Kentucky was established in 1881 as a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, and Brown Foreman acquired the brand in 1936 from selected Kentucky distillers, but by 1940, converted it to a blended whiskey until it was discontinued in 1968. In 2018, Brown Foreman revived the label, paying homage to the brand's past, and this year's release of 51 barrels came from one production date, July 19th, 2007. All the barrels were aged in Warehouse G at the Brown Foreman Distillery, and all bottles are filled, bottled, wax-dipped, and numbered by hand 
with details including the proof, age, warehouse location, lot number, seal number, and barrel number, all selected by Master Distiller Chris Morris himself. These have been outstanding. Ever, ever really never had a, never had a bad king in Kentucky. No, never. they're 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 fantastic. Um, I mean, last year's that eighteen year old was ooh, that was special. It was. Yeah, I, I've got the 16-year-old sample over there. We just haven't cracked it open yet. Oh. Should we wait for a whiskey quickie or should we just do it after this? Uh, probably after this. <laughs> I can't wait any longer. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. How are you going to go from Basil Hayden's malted rye to that? It'll be, oh boy, <laughs> waking you up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, what, what, did they do it? They do a food pairing event. We just didn't get invited again. Or? You know what? That's kind of funny you say that. Why we didn't? I don't think they did one this year. Yeah, last yeah. year they did a whole thing where they invited, uh, I guess you could say, Louisville media people to come in and do it, which was super nice, it was awesome. And we got to try everything, get our samples, and you know, shake hands with people. But I think, you know, time maybe gets in the way. It's whatever. It, it, put it this way: this is probably one of the very few ones that I accept. <laughs> we. <laughs> I know it sounds bad. It's like, woe is me. We get invited to a lot of crap around here. Not, It's not crap. There's a lot of events, a lot of cool things that are happening, but there's so much that I think our wives would murder us if we said yes. We to wouldn't have wives. No. Anymore. No. They're like, see you later. No, we got to we gotta put a few cots in this distillery and just start figuring it out. I mean, we have a shower. We just need to install a dishwasher and maybe some- Yeah, uh, this is our doghouse. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's extra offices here, so I think we could we could make it happen somehow. Yeah, I can bring a blow up mattress. And <laughs> make it. I I don't want to. I want to be at home with my wife and kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We if that's why we can't make deer whiskey events, it's because we're family is number one. So. That is very true. I do. We do try to make a better effort now that we are putting in way a lot more time into the whiskey business. That it's taking away a lot of stuff in the daytime. So we got to put put that effort into the nighttime with the families, especially the weekends as well. And and you know, I love I love my wife, but she thinks that I love you more because she was she was like, Who are you texting? I was like, Well, Ryan, I just thought of something. She was like, It's Saturday at one. I was like, I'm just sitting here watching TV. I know. Tiffany says she's like, What's so important? It's six o'clock. I'm like, I don't know, it's a bright idea that probably will go nowhere, but I gotta send it. <laughs> I guess we're the only ones that get it. That's right. Yeah, uh, but we we love our wives. We do let's, very much. So. Let's keep them happy. Stay with us, please. Yes. So uh, we don't want to put together the GoFundMe for the divorce settlements. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't want that. No, we don't want to be. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to be it for this week in Bourbon. We had a lot of good things to kind of run through. But with that, cheers, everybody. We'll see you next time. Toodles. Toodles.